Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome back once again to another Minutes with Mew podcast presented by Chestnut Hill Technologies. I'm your host, Mike Galtieri, as we're entering November, well, actually almost mid-November. Uh, big game coming up. Uh, Notre Dame this weekend in South Bend, always a good rivalry. Uh, and Scott Mutrin, lucky enough to join us once again. You know him as the sideline, sideline reporter for the BC Learfield IMG Radio Football Network. Uh, but first, before we get to Scott, I'd like to remind everybody, if you're a BC football fan, you need to join the BC Football Gridiron Club. For more information, always sign up uh, bcfootballgridiron.com to get more details. I know they'll be having a big pregame party on Friday night. Uh, it's always a fun time. So with that, let's welcome Scott Mutrin to the podcast. Another Minutes of Mute. Scott, first of all, how was your bye week? And uh, we're gearing up for... A nice road trip to South Bend. Yeah, it was a good bye week. Uh, you know, was able to uh, get some stuff done around the house. I, and I actually spent it going to a Harvard football game to see my uh, my old high school coach who was in town to watch one of uh, our former St. Ignatius players that was playing at Harvard. So I hadn't seen him in a long time. And he got a chance to meet my sons, which was a big, big honor for me. Uh, he's a real special guy in my life and, and my development as not just a football player, but as a as a man. So it was good to have that moment and thank people along the way. When you're young, you don't really appreciate that stuff. And as you get older, I think you embrace those moments and those people a little bit tighter. And uh, I was fortunate enough to, to share that moment with him and uh, see a bunch of hockey games from my sons and uh, hang out and spend a lot of good time together with uh, with my family. There you go. Sports all the time. What does your coach think of uh, Dennis Grossell as the BCQB from the same high school? Uh, you know, he's, he's really happy for him. And he said uh, that he's done, a, he's done a really good job, that uh, even when Dennis kind of – his road at St. Ignatius was uh, similar. There was a guy that was ahead of him on the depth chart that, that they kind of liked as a freshman and – that guy got hurt, and Dennis came in and grabbed the job and did a really good job and then never really looked back. So it was really, uh, you know, good to hear. And he's been, you know, happy and watching his development go by and, and you know, not in any doubt that he could go in and be very productive and handle the, the ACC and play and handle the, the rigors of the ACC schedule and the, the physicalness of, of that and uh, the physicality of that and, and I think he's, he's very proud to see Dennis kind of taking the most of his opportunity and doing really well. Yeah, no question about it. He's really emerged this year uh, with that. But with that all said, he's going to have a little bit of a test uh, in South Bend. Notre Dame 8-2, 15th in the nation, coming off a 52-20 to win over uh, Navy. Notre Dame leads the series with BC 15-9. BC's definitely due for a win. It's been a while. I think it's been 10 years, 2009, uh, in that regard. Just your general thoughts on the Fighting Irish, uh, a tough matchup in South Bend. Yeah, you're looking at a Notre Dame team that offensively is probably the second best 
team that you're going to face this year. Uh, offensively with Clemson obviously being number one. Probably the second best quarterback you've seen this year. I think Ian Book uh, had gotten some tough reviews from, from some Notre Dame fans because his, his game against Michigan was less than stellar. And he threw, you know, it was tough weather in that game and then not being able to win the Georgia game. He, uh, he struggled a little bit in the eyes of Notre Dame guys. But I tell you what, watching him on tape these last couple of weeks, he's looked really good, very confident delivering the football. And when it's not there, he's done a good job using his legs and getting some, the most out of that, running the football. He's only, you know, he's under 60% passing this year at 58%. But he's still got 26 touchdowns, I believe, in the air and only six interceptions. So he, he has done a good job and he's the leader of that offense. And they have some playmakers in the receiving core that he's, he's definitely going to utilize. And for a BC team that has given up 65% completion ratio and two-and-a-half touchdowns passing per game to go along with uh, about 300 yards passing, it's going to be a formidable challenge for the Eagles this week to, to get after Ian Book and his, his trio of talented receivers, tight ends, and running backs. So if you were the BC defense, you know, Bill Sheridan, BC defensive coordinator, what do you do? Because uh, you're right. I think that's going to be the biggest issue is BC's defense versus Notre Dame's offense. What do you do to try to, to kind of slow them down a little bit? Well, you got to kind of make a decision as to, to what you want to do. Are you going to, um, you know, they're, they're uh, like everybody else in college football, it seems they're a spread team that's going to use the run-pass option, uh, run into the perimeter and run, uh, run their quarterbacks, run their quarterback while trying to take some shots down the field. So, BC, the, the way you combat that is that you either have to put pressure, pressure to force the quarterback into to making rushed reads, or you got to be able to hold up in the back end and coverage and, and play some, some tough man-to-man defense and create some turnovers off those coverages. So that's got to be the decision that Bill Sheridan makes. The, the problem is if you go man-to-man versus Notre Dame and you don't make a play in the secondary, you're going to see those big plays come from behind, those, those long 60-yard touchdown runs or – because there's only one guy back there, and if that guy misses the tackle, then there's no other line of defense. So you're susceptible to giving up big plays if you go that other way. And if, if you don't, you're susceptible to missed tackles, yes, but you're also susceptible to long, time-consuming drives and, and short third downs that are advantageous to the offense. So they got to be able to decide what, what they're willing to go for and what they're willing to, to you know, what – Hill they're willing to die on, per se, this weekend. And then from a BC offensive perspective, Scott, um, you know, obviously you're going to want to pound the rock with A.J. Dillon. What else can BC do uh, offensively to put up points to match Notre Dame? Well, you've seen some of the, the teams that, you know, you look towards whether it's common styles or common opponents, and they faced Virginia Tech, which they, they squeaked out a, a – you know, a 21-20 last-second victory there, and then they played Louisville earlier in the year and won that one 35-17. So you look at some commonalities that you may face with that, and Louisville was able to run the football versus Notre Dame. They, they ran for, I believe, 254 yards in, in their opening contest. So Notre Dame's had, um, you know, they've given up, I think, 100, I think they give up about 163 yards rushing per game. Uh, they, they've lost a... An interior defensive lineman, uh, uh, Okwanda, I think his last name is, defensive tackle, who was, you know, 6'5 pounds, was projected as a first round pick. He broke his leg versus Duke. So, B- 
BC's not all of a sudden going to come out and go five wide and start throwing the football. They're going to run on A.J. Dillon and David Bailey and, and try to wear the Notre Dame defense out while keeping, you know, the defense off the field. I think that was the, you know, the game plan versus Florida State until it got a little out of hand and then they had to throw the ball a little bit more. But Dennis Grossell proved up for the task. But you're going to want to see B.C. run at this Notre Dame defense. They're pretty good versus the pass. I believe they're a top uh, 17 team versus the pass. So they're pretty good in the secondary. But B.C. has proven – you know, besides any, even in parts of the Clemson game before it got out of control, is that they've been able to run the ball on, on every team that they faced this year. So I really have a, a, a strong feeling that they're, they're not going to try to change who they are. And they're, they're, their offensive line is pretty good. And it's going to be interesting to see how they match up versus this Notre Dame defensive front, which is pretty talented. And it, it's going to be interesting to see how BC uh, attacks that, and if they they like to go, if they're going to go off the reservation at all and try to do something different, which which I really don't anticipate them doing. So BC, let's just talk about the emotional part. BC's five and five, need to win. You know, probably you know one game they could make a bowl game, six and six. But you definitely want to finish seven and five over five hundred. Has a bye week. Just talk about you know obviously the only two Catholic schools in America playing each other, the rivalry there. Uh, especially if you're a senior, just talk about the mindset from a player's perspective as if you were going to play Scott uh, going into this game. Uh, you know, on NBC, still a pretty big deal uh, on national TV. It's a very big deal. Uh, Notre Dame is always the biggest game that I look forward to in my five years. We were fortunate enough to play them every year. I think that should be something that, uh, unfortunately, the schedule doesn't work out that way now with with how it's set up. But that was always a game that that I viewed very, uh, you know, very excited for. I'm the Midwest guy. There are a lot of kids I either went to high school with or competed against that went to Notre Dame, fans of Notre Dame, grew up cheering for Notre Dame. So that's a big game for. It was a big game for a guy like me. And and there are, there are guys that are on BC that probably may have wanted to go to Notre Dame, and Notre Dame didn't think they were good enough. So they have that chip on their shoulder. Thinking about that, on the Notre Dame side, I don't really think Notre Dame kind of considers it that much of a rivalry anymore since they don't play every year and they've won the last five meetings. Uh, D.C. at one point was either 500 in the meetings or they were up one when they rattled off a bunch of wins in a row. But yes, yeah. I really don't think Notre Dame thinks of B.C. as much of a rival anymore. I think they probably kind of look down on, on, on B.C. and really look more towards the Michigan-USC sort of things as better and bigger rivalries and, and BC is almost almost like a little brother instead that they just need to smack around when when they kind of get out of line. So I really don't think the Notre Dame fans and, and people really think that BC is that much of a rival. Um, it's good for BC because there are some you know BC grads out in the Chicago area that are going to come to this game and, and they'll represent and come down. And it's always a good trip for for BC fans to make, especially after the '93 game. But uh, you know, there's there's a lot of a lot of history for both programs with, you know, coaching with Frank Leahy going from Boston College to Notre Dame. A.J. Dillon's grandfather actually played at Notre Dame. So there's some, there's definitely some, you know, history within them with them both being Catholic colleges that it carries some weight within the Catholic community. So it's either the Society Jesus or the Brothers of the Holy Cross that, that get to claim victory at Mass on Sunday after it. So that's that's really the, the the true test is to to Sunday Mass who is bragging rights. <laughs> but you're right too. Just think of bring, you bring back memories. 1993. I was a senior. I was out there. 2007. We were. 
I believe, 8-0 that it going in, and we won that game pretty handily and uh, to go 9-0. And when that poll came out that Monday, we were number two in the nation. So th- that was not too long ago. That was, well, it actually kind of was now, 2007. But, uh, yeah, you're right, good memories that weekend. Uh, good times where BC was pretty high in the national scene. Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by a BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com. Yeah, and that was, uh, you know, that was a time where, you know, BC and, and Notre Dame, they, uh, they were going after the same type of guys. And, and at that time, you're, you're having like the end of the Tom uh, O'Brien era where Tom O'Brien was, in, in my opinion, was BC Notre Dame with Notre Dame players, with guys that, that normally Notre Dame would recruit. But Tom O'Brien was winning that battle. And you see a lot of those guys, the Matt Ryans and the Luke Keekleys of the world, um, going out and, and, and kind of doing that. So... Those are those are good memories. I mean, I remember watching a lot of those games. I remember watching the 2004 game yes. um, at a at a local bar in Boston when Paul Peterson brings them back and Tony Gonzalez with the last you know second reception. Uh, there's nothing like beating Notre Dame. I was at the 14-7 game when Josh Ott turned you know took an interception back for a touchdown. That was one of one of my favorite non-player moments uh, was being at that game and. Uh, Watching the Notre Dame fans suffer because there's there's nothing better than than there's nothing better than watching the Notre Dame fans lose to Boston College because because they're so incredulous and can't stand the fact that they lose to BC. Um, it, it is fun to watch that that aspect and that was fun to be a part of that game. I believe it was in the O two. Was it O two? Yeah, O2 that, or they came out with green jerseys. They were undefeated. BC beat them. Yeah, remember that game. So yeah, yeah that, that was a good game. Fun ride home. It was uh, it was tough. I got. I well, was good. I got to see a couple bites. Cause no, I think I think it may have been uh, for some reason. I think it may have been '99 uh, because I think for just just for the reason that or that game I went to, I saw Dan O'Leary and Chris Hovan playing in that game, and I believe that that's that's what it was. I may be wrong though, so I am getting old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you were talking about the Josh Odd game, but yeah, you're yeah. you're right. You're right. In that '04 game, now I think about it. People forget that was the same day as Game One of the World Series. Uh, Red, uh, that is correct. Red Sox. I went, I went right. I went right from Boylston Street to watch the. Uh, I actually gave up my ticket to the Game One to stay and watch the end of the BC Notre Dame game at Dillon's on Boylston Street. I remember it. <laughs> And, well, and you know what? That's a big I sacrifice. Don't it. I don't. I don't regret one bit of it. It's not as cool as the Goodwill Hunting story because there wasn't a girl behind it. I just sat there and watched my alma mater beat the school that I loathe. <laughs> there you go. All right. That's a yeah. That's a tough call. But but lots of great. Not really. No. No regrets for me, man. I, I tell you what. I, I don't regret any part of that. <laughs> uh, so that, that's a good question my next question talk about Notre Dame and something that bothers me Scott too is this school in 2019 it's got to either be in the ACC or not in the ACC I hate I hate 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 how they're half in for every other sport and not for football they play five ACC games it's it's just it drives me absolutely insane 
how they get special treatment in 2019 when every game's on TV now. And really, I think my generation and younger, they don't see anything special from Notre Dame. You know, I don't, I don't, I was three years old in 1988 when they won the national championship. I, I've never seen that I remember Notre Dame winning a national championship. So I just don't get why they have special treatment uh, with well, the ACC. Well, see, I actually don't get uh, upset with that. I mean, I understand how that works, and it's it comes with the territory of them being in on the other sports, and they get a, a right for the bowl game that comes within it. But within the, the conference, Notre Dame's still a TV draw. So if you're getting all these ACC schools the ability to play, whether visiting Notre Dame or having Notre Dame come to your place, when no matter how much you want to deny it, they're, they're going to sell tickets. Whether the fans come or whether your fans come to see Notre Dame play, they're, they're, always, going to come, they're always going to come and see them. So they're a ticket draw. So the fact that you're going to get five games or six games with the ACC opponents against Notre Dame because of that is just, it's just the price of doing business today. And as long as NBC is willing to write that check for Notre Dame to, to keep them on that independent line, then – then that's how it's going to be because money talks in the end. And at some point, if the NBC doesn't think it's worthwhile to do it, which I, I don't see that happening, um, then, then I think if this, is, this is here to stay and you got to kind of take what you can get with, with them. I think that they're capitalizing on their right to their name and, and the football program. And although they haven't won a national championship in, you know, since 1988, they have been in the mix and they did make it to the Final Four um, these last, you know, these last couple times, granted, they haven't played well when those situations have arisen, but the fact of the matter is they, they've done their, their part to get there and they put out some quality teams. And Brian Kelly's done a good job there. No matter what you want to say, he's, he's a local guy here and he's, he's won there and he's, he's, got, he's placing guys in the NFL. Even you look at the offensive linemen that are kind of standing out in the NFL, a lot of Notre Dame guys there that are playing. So he's done a good job this year. It's, it's funny when you look at, uh, they're, you know, with two losses that they're eight and two and looking at it as a disappointment, uh, the bar is set high for them and they expect to be competing for national championships, whether it's realistic or not, that's still the goal for them. And the fact that they're, you know, and even like, even for Ian book, like there were talks of replacing him because they were looking towards next year, which is, you know, it's, it's crazy to think about, but the standard is the standard for those guys. And they, <laughs> If they're not competing for national championships, then they're not doing it right. So although it's probably a little delusional, I think, because of the budgets and everything else that they're competing against, um, the fact of the matter is that's their internal perception and that's their fan base perception. And until something dramatically um, changes to cause that, it's going to remain that way. Yeah, yeah. I, I just I don't like the idea of special treatment for certain schools and no, and not the same for other schools. Can you, can you imagine if the Patriots? Well, can you imagine if the Patriots were played the AFC East like once, and the other teams played them twice, and they kind of had a special relationship, a special path uh, to get to the yeah. Super Bowl? Well, it's you know money talks, and all these other schools have in the ACC have the ability to to beat them. I mean, Virginia Tech had a chance to beat them, and, and Duke they get a chance to play against these guys, so. Um, it matters. I mean, it matters for the ACC for the for the conference because that's gonna those sell tickets. Uh, if you can't play, if you can't play, you know, regional games or if you can't play conference games, the next best thing is get Notre Dame on five of your team five of your teams in your conference schedule. That's that's a moneymaker for you and for the conference. So that that's something that factors into it, and we can't be naive to think that it doesn't. So although 
it, it, it is special treatment. The fact of the matter is both sides are profiting on this deal, and, and Notre Dame Notre Dame definitely uh, brings people to the stands. They fill the seats. And although this weekend's not sold out, although last weekend they broke the street of, of consecutive sellouts, uh, this game is not sold out. All, that's usually a commonplace when, when Notre Dame's in town. Yeah, yeah, you're right. No question about it. Um, I'd be interested to poll fans, BC fans, for this year, what road trip they look more forward to, uh, Clemson or Notre Dame. I would bet uh, Clemson would be very close to that uh, for most favorite road trip. Or if you had to pick one, which one do you travel to? I think Clemson uh, might beat out Notre Dame. Well, see, that's, a, that's an interesting um an interesting question just because you know you go to Clemson for BC every other year so if you had to like if you had one choice to choose whether it's Notre Dame or Clemson and it was like one year thing and you don't get to go back there for a period of time um, I I love Clemson I think it's the best venue that you can go to I think especially now with with how they are the the fans the atmosphere it's great Notre Dame is is kind of football history, and you know I've been there a couple times. Obviously, playing there a couple times, and visiting a couple times for games and other stuff. Um, it, it's not it, no South Bend isn't exactly the town of Clemson and and Greenville. It's and it's not. Um, it doesn't bring as much to to it. I mean, you do have the history of it, so it's really cool. But uh, if I had to choose one, knowing both. Um, I, I would I pick Clemson just because I think I think Clemson's a really cool place to, to be and the stadium is absolutely amazing and uh, I, I just like the whole experience of Clemson a little more than Notre Dame. All right, Scott. Minutes of mute. Last question. What's your plans? What's the uh, week? Speaking of South Bend, what's your weekend plan before the game, the pregame, and any pregame eats before the game in uh, South Bend? Yeah. So here's the issue. Um, this is now you know, closing in and finishing my seventh year and the first time that we've had Notre Dame on the road. So I have not been to South Bend. The times I've been to South Bend, I've either been playing. So I was in the team hotel, which I imagine I'll be in. I don't know what that is. I don't know what's around that area right now. And the other times I was visiting friends or I was in Chicago. So, and then I came down afterwards. So I don't think we're going to be in Chicago. That's a pretty good guess on my part. <laughs> and I think uh, we're going to be in South Bend. And I got to find some places to go in South Bend and uh, spread my wings locally. I know one thing. I'm not going to have the local fish that, that Cronin had last time. Apparently they were out there that didn't sit well with him. So I'm definitely going to avoid eating fish or local fish from there. Uh, I'll probably I'll probably stay with some red meat sort of product and uh, really really dig into my Midwest roots. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I was I'm, I've been to South Bend a couple of times. As you were talking, I'm trying to think. Um, I don't well, know. Maybe people. This out, when you post this out, I'd love for the fans to yeah. comment, and, and I'll, I'm happy to get take some ideas and show some food wherever I go. I probably a good suggestion as we do this as people that have gone to these places to give me some suggestions, and then I can post. What I get and where what I eat and uh, and show it. Hopefully not my mouth eating it, but just the food when it comes out because no one needs to see that. I actually have borderline like a snake mouth. My ability to open my jaw is actually uh, is, is pretty impressive. They talk about it in many many countries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just do what you know, like what people do on Instagram. Just show their meal be right before they eat it. You know, all presented nice, and I'm sure they'll get some comments. <laughs> 
Yeah, absolutely. As long as they don't say that it's poison and that I'm going to feel it the next day, I guess that's a good idea. <laughs> so we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll post that to Twitter and let's see, uh, we'll see what replies we get. But anyway, Scott, hope you enjoy the trip. Uh, it should be a good time and hopefully, hopefully get BC back in the winning ways and it's six win and clinch a bowl game on the road in Notre Dame. That will at least uh, yeah. draw some national attention. Yeah, and it's there's no better win than beating Notre Dame. I was inches close, and to this day, it still haunts me. My last game in 1998 at home versus Notre Dame was a tough loss, and still to this day, I get ridiculed by my family, my my friends, and, and my Notre Dame friends about it. So I never, uh, you know, just kind of a great way to wrap up a really uh, un unglorious career at Boston College was choking at that end game. So never <laughs> forgotten, but it is it is always wonderful when my when my alma mater does win uh, versus Notre Dame, I, I feel like it's uh, payback for all the other ones, and, and I really enjoy uh, those wins versus Notre Dame definitely count more in the win column for me than any other. Minutes with Mute, Scott Mutrin. Thanks so much for the time. Appreciate it, man. Thanks, Mike. Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com.